The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm also the author of a newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is also in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying and What is Chen Selling? And uh, we do have to tell you, regrettably, uh, that Chen is not taking new subscribers right now until the start of the next quarter. That would be April 1st through the first 10 days of the second quarter of 2013. He will be taking new subscribers. Uh, how many will depend on the amount of attrition of existing uh, uh, existing subscribers. He is keeping a lid on the number of subscribers that uh, that he's selling his, uh, his uh, service to. Uh, so if you'd like to be put on that list, you uh, need to go to miningstocks.com. That's miningstocks.com. Uh, and just uh, click on the uh, Chen sign-up uh, uh, link there and, uh, and enter your name. And uh, in the order that it is received, you will be then considered uh, for a subscription uh, the start of next uh, quarter. Of course, those of you who are subscribers and uh, when time comes for your renewal, you can automatically renew. You are still uh, eligible to continue with that service. Uh, my newsletter, I do not require um, a list. Uh, we do, uh, that's probably one of the ways you can take advantage of some of Chen's ideas is through my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. A, a fair number of ideas from Chen uh, come through to my subscribers in that way, especially in the energy sector where Chen has done ex- exceptionally well. He's got some very interesting things there right now uh, that, I, that I'm very bullish on and have invested a lot of my own money in. I should also mention, though, that I share ideas with Chen as well. It's not just a one-way street here. A number of things that Chen is very high on, more in the uh, mining sector, have come from uh, from my side of the equation as well, but uh, you can you can take advantage of Jay Taylor uh, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks by going to Jay Taylor 
or to go to miningstocks.com as a way to sign up for my letter as well. Uh, the best place to go, though, to figure uh, to really follow everything I do, including this radio show, uh, our next week's guests, coming guests, and last week's guests, and just keeping track of everything I do. A lot of very interesting articles there are now every day fed into this system, into uh, into my website. Uh, the best place to go to for all of that is jtaylormedia. That's jaytaylormedia.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter under the handle J Taylor Media, J A Y Taylor Media. Well, I do want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel, and uh, we are very proud of that. We've now been going on this show since March of 2009. Uh, we've had so many really great guests, and we're going to have some more today, new ones today, uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but again, thanks to each of you for listening, making this uh, the most popular show on the Voice America Business Channel. Also, want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable for the first hour of today's show. Our sponsors are Brazil Resources, Eurasian Minerals, Dynacor Gold Mines, Golden Arrow Resources Corporation, Miranda Gold, Precipitate Gold, and Renaissance Gold. Now, before I get uh, started talking about today's show, I do like to mention our sponsors uh, and when there are some newsworthy uh, or some events that they announce, um, press releases that come out, and there were two of our sponsors I think are uh, very newsworthy things to mention to you. First of all, Miranda Gold uh, has firmed up its joint venture arrangement in Colombia with Agneagle Eagle. This is, I think, very, very good news. I think Agneagle Eagle sees the potential for something very considerable, uh, else they wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't be spending money there. They have to spend a million, 1.1 million a minimum, uh, per year, uh, and that, program is starting immediately at this point in time. It's a 70-30 arrangement with Agneagle putting up 70% uh, and uh, 30%. It's a 70-30 uh, arrangement, joint venture arrangement with Agneagle Eagle uh, on this um, uh, on this program. So it is a strategic a partner arrangement and one that you can read more about if you go to Miranda's uh, website. Also would just mention that Golden Arrow uh, has come out with some more nice drill results. This was on uh, February 7th. They came out with um, uh, about 14.5 ounces of gold over 7.5 meters uh, on their project in uh, in Argentina um, that uh, they are really moving forward on. And uh, Golden Arrow is a, sort of a project generator company, but it is also um, it also has this one project, uh, Chinchillas, project that uh, is looking like it could turn out to be a very substantial silver deposit uh, in Argentina. So those are two press releases over the last week that I think are very noteworthy from our sponsors. Uh, Now let's get into today's show. Uh, We've uh, titled today's show The the Bernanke and Obama Legacies or Gold, Which Will Win? And today's uh, earlier today, President Obama addressed the nation and blamed Republicans for their selfishness in protecting a few of these super rich guys uh, at the expense of the masses. And well, he underscored his policy of protecting the middle class. He's, he cares so much, you know, about the middle class people and the poor people from these vulture Republicans who are so selfish and uncaring about the middle class and the poor. Meantime, of course, the Federal Reserve, as headed by Ben Bernanke, continues to create $85 billion a month out of nothing, creates that money and puts it into the coffers of none other than rich fat cat bankers. So on the one hand, 
You get the bankers being uh, getting first dibs on new money created by Ben Bernanke. And on the other hand, you have a President Obama who says, at least if you take him at his word, that he really cares about you and me as average people, really cares about the poor. Well, let's examine what's going on here a little bit. Who are these bankers? Uh, are they Republicans that are getting this money from Ben Bernanke? Uh, or are they Democrats? Or who's, who's getting this money? Well, in fact, if you really look at who gave money to the uh, candidates for president, it's pretty even Stephen, I believe. The Democrats certainly have their favorite uh, big firms on Wall Street that, uh, that they have uh, participated in Democratic administrations, just as Republicans have. So the, the fat cats are both from both parties as much, uh, as much Democrat as Republican, I'd say. Uh, although the attitude and the idea, of course, out there is that the Republicans are the ones that are all these rich guys that are really taking advantage of, of the poor and the middle class. Um, so, but this is the way, uh, this is the way it is. I mean, and, and interestingly enough, uh, it is, uh, a lot of these same rich cat bankers, I mean, it's not the same people, but the same institutions, uh, there, that were during World War II playing both sides, uh, and both Republicans and Democrats, as, uh, as we've had from Russ Baker, heard from Russ Baker on this show in the past, both Republicans and Democrats, uh, were playing both sides of World War II. They didn't really care about ideology. They didn't really care about principles and ideas. It was all about making lots and lots of money. So they hedged their bets. And they funded Hitler as well as they funded America and, and England uh, in the last World War II. Of course, it's good politics for these billionaire guys and uh, people to pretend that they care for the poor. I mean, it's a really, it sort of helps to take, I suppose, ease their guilt and also helps to take the political heat off of them if they can really uh, go out there and pretend that they care about the poor. Uh, Mr. Buffett goes out and talks about how rich people should be willing and happy to give up their money for the good of the poor. That's a nice idea, for sure. It's a Christian idea, I would say. But it's not inherently an American idea. It's not an idea that uh, somehow um, you have an obligation necessarily uh, to impoverish yourself so that you can help other people. Uh, I mean, that's kind of foolish, but actually it gets to this whole notion of, you know, where does wealth come from? And here I think there is a real ideological difference between Republicans and Democrats, although I'm fearful to say that a large number of Republicans are, are, are losing this understanding as well. Uh, certainly, I think if you go to the Ron Paul wing of the Republican Party, the libertarian wing, they understand free market economics. And in fact, uh, Lord Keynes taught against this notion that capital uh, and that savings is important in terms of wealth creation, but absolutely is, in my view, uh, as one who believes in Austrian economics. If you take away savings, which is exactly what Mr. Bernanke is doing now, he's wiping out savings from the American economy. He's wiping out capitalism, as David Stockman said, basically. He is, uh, uh, he is really wiping out the free market system, wiping out the capital markets, and in effect uh, destroying capitalism from the inside out is the way David Stockman put it. Um, so uh, if you believe, as I do, that capital is essential for the creation of wealth and the well-being of everybody long term, then you've got to be careful about, I think, the policies that are being carried out by the uh, Obama administration and certainly even more egregiously, in my view, by uh, the Federal Reserve in creating money and diluting savings or redistributing savings from those that actually saved and giving it over to uh, and giving it over to government and to the banking institutions uh, is really not only is it 
uh, is it unjust and unfair to those that work hard and earn, uh, that work hard and play by the rules, but it is also destroying capitalism and destroying our wealth in the future. So we have this, this whole notion of sort of an, an ideological difference as well, um, uh, as uh, just people trying to hang on to what they've got or to en- enrich themselves. And I don't really think that, that they're necessarily consciously being pernicious about it. It's just that they, people are trying to protect their own interests. And, of course, it's a lot easier for people to understand socialism. Just, uh, you know, rob the rich, Robin Hood. Take from the rich and give to the poor. I mean, that's easy to understand. What is more difficult to understand uh, is free market capitalism. And since it's not taught in the schools at all, I mean, how are people going to know? I, I think, though, however, that when you look at the way life really is, uh, it, it really is uh, the way things really are. I think the free market really explains it very well. But, uh, but life is, is harsh and it's difficult and there are constraints on how much we can consume and how much we can do and how long we will live. And all those things are constraints that I think that the socialists are trying to uh, essentially to do away with. They're trying to not be realistic, I think, about, about life in general, uh, that there are uh, that uh, that resources are restricted, that they're not unlimited, um, and they're scarce. And the market mechanism uh, allocates scarce resources far more efficiently, far more effectively than uh, politicians or a bunch of, uh, even if they come from Harvard, Princeton, and Yale, uh, the market is much smarter than, than a few people that try to determine how many pairs of shoes or what our interest rates should be. But that's what we've got right now. We've got this philosophy that a few very smart people are smarter than the market. So we are in America throwing out free market capitalism in favor of, of socialism. Uh, and it is very, very damaging, I think, to, uh, to, to our economy and to the well-being of Americans. So what we try to do on this show is, uh, is recognize the political realities that we have and then try to, uh, to adjust our own plans in life accordingly. And today, uh, we're going to talk to our two main guests, or Peter Schiff, uh, who's going to be with us for the first time uh, live on this show. I did play uh, a uh, speech that Peter Schiff gave recently at a Mises event in New York, uh, but today, uh, at about 3.30 today, Peter Schiff will be with me until about 4 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, in the second hour of today's show, starting at 4 o'clock, Dr. Mark Skousen will be with me for the first time. And um, he's going to talk about uh, he's going to talk about free markets. He's going to talk uh, about his uh, his book, uh, one of his books that's been a, a real a big seller, The Maxims of Wall Street. Uh, Mark Skousen is is very well known, very highly acclaimed professor of economics, uh, Austrian free market advocate, and we really look forward to talking to him for his views on these markets, and I think he'll have some ideas about how to invest as well. Well, certainly gold fits into the uh, into the notion of wealth preservation, and so in just a few minutes, I'm going to be talking to Joseph Kieses. Uh, Joe Kieses is the president of Bravada Gold. Now, he's been with us before. We've talked to Bravada before. It's been a sponsor to the show. Bravada Gold is not currently a sponsor of this show. It is a company, however, that I've invested in, uh, my own money in and my retirement account. It is a, a stock that I have recommended in my newsletter. It is a stock that's selling at all of five cents a share, uh, but they have uh, some real valuable assets. Uh, in particular, their uh, lead project is Wind Mountain, uh, the Wind Mountain Gold Mine in Nevada. And they have, I think, a very reputable, a very um, 
uh, a very strong joint venture partner there in Argonaut Gold, an arrangement with Argonaut Gold that I think makes Wind Mountain potentially worth many times the current share price uh, that this company has. And that's why I think the, the intrinsic value is very strong. I think the management team uh, is very strong. And so I think that um, uh, I really like Bravada a lot. And that's why I've invited Joe Keezus to come on and talk to us today. Well, we do have to go to our first uh, commercial break. Um, but uh, if you want to find out, you know, how you might take a five cent stock to a thirty cent stock or a fifty cent stock or or, or a lot higher potentially than that, stick around. Uh, after the break, we'll be talking to Joe Keezus of Bravada Gold Corp. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Investors deserve to start seeing greater returns, period. Creating shareholder value requires vision and a disciplined, fiscally responsible style. At Dynacor Gold Mines, we are proving how to fuel growth without shareholder dilution. Cash flow and liquidity levels are as robust as the company has seen throughout its history. Dynacor is a low-risk public company generating actual profits coupled with real shareholder value. Learn more at DynacorGold.com or follow us on Twitter at DynacorGold. Windfall profits happen frequently in gold exploration stocks, but the risk of losses are also common. Miranda Gold enhances prospects of shareholder gains by combining the intellectual capital of geologists, mine finders Ken Cunningham and Joe Herbert with other people's hard dollars in search for elephant-sized gold deposits in politically safe places like Nevada and Columbia. That keeps shareholder dilution to a minimum, so when discoveries are made, major gains are possible. For more, go to MirandaGold.com. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me again Joe Keezes. He's the president of Bravada 
Gold Corporation. It's a company that trades in Toronto under the symbol BVA, and you can buy it in the United States, as I have, under the symbol BGAV. Uh, I'm not sure if that's right. BVAGF, perhaps. Um, and uh, it's selling at about five cents a share only, and uh, 114. 100, call it 115 million shares outstanding, 150 million fully diluted, but uh, most of those are, are way out of the money. So uh, call it 115 million shares at uh, five cents gives it a market cap of around $5.7 million. So it's really a micro cap stock um, uh, and one, though, that I, as I mentioned in the monologue, I own myself, purchased a fair number, a fair amount of it for my IRA. And I have it also uh, as a recommendation in my newsletter. And like so many of those in my newsletter now, uh, it is uh, it has lost money since I recommended it. We have been in a very difficult bear market for the junior gold shares now for a year and a half or so. But uh, if you're looking for value and if you don't buy the thesis that everything is is all right again and on the mend, uh, thanks to Mr. Bernanke and thanks to President Obama. Well, if you believe that, then okay, maybe you're not interested. But if you uh, are skeptical about that, you might want to listen to uh, to what Joe Keezus has to say here about uh, Bravado Gold. Welcome, Joe, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Well, thank you for having me on your show again. Really good to have you, uh, you know, because I want to make some money in this stock. Uh, I'm I'm out of the money right now. I've, I'm down some, uh, although I bought it when I thought it was ridiculously low. It's gotten even more ridiculously low priced in my view. You know, that's uh, of course the market is saying, Jay, you're wrong so far. Uh, we're looking at um, we, we are looking here uh, at Wind Mountain, which is your flagship property. Uh, you've had. Um, uh, 43,101. You have 570,000 ounces of gold and 14.7 million ounces of silver in the indicated category. 354,000 ounces of gold and 10.1 million ounces of gold in uh, of uh, 10.1 million ounces of silver in the inferred category. Um, what are the chances, Joe, of some of those inferred ounces, those 354,000 ounces of gold, 10.1 million ounces of silver, being upgraded into the indicated category so that if, if that were to happen, if all those were to happen, you'd be up close to a million ounces on this property. What are the chances of, of some or all of those being upgraded or into the indicated? Well, we, th- we think the odds are, are quite good that at least some of those ounces, and, and in addition, we believe that there's quite a few more ounces to be found on the property. And that's really what Argonaut is interested in at this point, is to find some of those other pods of mineralization that could be substantial increases to the resource level, not just uh, incremental ounces, uh, like converting some of the material that we have at this point. Now, you have um, you have several targets, and you, you will be starting to drill, I think you said, in March. Is that right? That's right. We're just now modifying our permit. It's already bonded, and we have sites available, but we're modifying some of those sites to uh, to get exactly where we need to be for the next round of work. Okay. And um uh and and what are the I mean you say that you think you can increase the ounces. Give our listeners some sense of of why you say that. I mean, you have some new some new targets that surface work has has outlined or or what? Yes, uh, and part of it is is just our our knowledge of the deposit we can project into areas where we think there is mineralization. One of the areas that we drilled two scout holes uh, well last fall is an area we call our Zephyr target. And uh, we did some geophysics on that area, and we have an idea of, of why those initial two holes uh, didn't hit our host rock. 
So we had crossed a fault that is underneath the gravel. There really wasn't any way of us knowing that other than uh, geophysics, and oftentimes geophysics isn't, uh, doesn't give you a definitive answer. So you know, combining the drilling scout information and the geophysics has given us some uh, additional targets. We're planning on drilling four holes on those new targets in this next round of work. Well, you're going to drill four uh, new holes. You also added a bunch of claims at Wind Mountain. Um, do those? Are you going to be drilling those anytime soon? Well, that, that's in part what we were adding in, on the Zephyr target. It actually mm-hmm. uh, suggested that there might have been a shift in our host rock to the northwest, and so we had to, had to add some claims in that area to make sure we covered our, our new target. There were some other areas that we had some holes, and we've uh, we filled those in with with uh, with some new claims as well. Our, uh, one of the targets that we're developing this time is, is actually in an area where there were some claim, it was some land that was actually withdrawn uh, for some industrial reason that a reason didn't exist any longer. So we requested to have that land taken out of withdrawn status, and it took about a year, but it was finally done, and we staked those claims, and now we're going to drill test that target with one one hole as well. Mm-hmm. Uh- Talk to me about the agreement with Argonaut Gold. First of all, tell our listeners a little bit about Argonaut. Who who are they? It's a fairly new company, isn't it? It's a fairly new company, but the really the people that are involved in it have been in the industry for a long time. A lot of them were in, with FNC Gold that became Meridian, and then when Yamana uh, took over Meridian, they spun off and started this new company. They have two mines in uh, northern Mexico. And they're very similar in grade and, and uh, well, similar in geology as well to the Wind Mountain deposit. Uh, we we know them quite well from past working together, and, uh, and we thought that they're doing such a good job in their mines in Mexico that this would be a good fit for them. They're looking to diversify a bit outside of uh, Mexico. They recently bought a, uh, an advanced exploration pre-development project in Canada, so they're you know they're on the um, aggressive side of acquiring things. And this is a good fit for them, I think. Uh, what? So, so you've got those ounces that we just uh, we just talked about. Do you have any sort of uh, an idea or sense of what uh, how, what size they might need uh, to make them really interested in uh, in staying with the project? Well, you know, I can't speak for them, but uh, right now they produced. Uh, well, in 2012, they just announced that they produced 108,000 ounces of gold. So, you know, some, um, you know, that's with two mines. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty close to with you know the PEA that we put together to having maybe half of that, you know, not quite half mm-hmm. of that at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I think what's brought them uh, into the into the project is the fact that we have so many good exploration targets yet that we have not uh, you know really tested. You know, this last time we also drilled an area between two of our resource areas where there just wasn't any drilling, and we weren't sure if those were two separate deposits. Or whether they actually connected, we call it the connector zone, and, and we drilled two holes and, and had some pretty good evidence that that does exist. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the PEA that we designed a pit or you know a hypothetical pit stopped just before entering this area, and the reason it stopped is because there was no drilling. So mm-hmm. you know, that's in part why you do a PEA is to mm-hmm. find out where areas that you can do additional exploration that will have a meaningful change to the economics of the deposit. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk to us a little bit about the arrangement with Argonite Gold. Um, how does that work? Well, being a relatively small deposit at, at this time, uh, 
you know, having a partnership sometimes just doesn't make sense. So what we agreed to do is to sell the ounces that we have identified in the indicated and measured categories at a price of $30 an ounce to them. That's after they spend $7.5 million over a three-year period. They would have the option to buy those ounces that are in the indicated and measured category. And we'd have an outside independent um, engineering company determine that number. So there's a, there's a couple of wrinkles on that. One is there, there's a significant amount of silver with this deposit, and so we have a conversion that takes into account not only the price of uh, price difference between gold and silver, but also the recovery difference because silver mm-hmm. in a heap leach is is not as um, efficient in recovery as 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 gold is. So uh, you know that's a that's actually you know it's a fair deal for us and it's a fair deal for them. It's a bit of a premium to what someone might get for expiration ounces. However, because of the state of the drilling is is quite advanced, you know much of those ounces would be basically uh, ready to go into their reserve category, which should go at a much higher rate than the thirty dollars. So it's a good deal for us and it's a good deal for mm-hmm. them. Well, let's just imagine, uh, suppose then, just to put this in perspective for the listeners, and I want just want to outline this because it, uh, it's one of the reasons that I put my own money into this, into this deal is that let's say that you, let's say that you come up with a million ounces of gold there, gold equivalent ounces or whatever. At $30, that's $30 million, right? That's correct. And your market cap is currently $5.7 million. That's correct. So uh, unless you issue an awful lot more sh- shares in the future, uh, you know it, it isn't a real big stretch of the imagination to see these shares under undervalued by by several fold, right. potentially. That's I mean, you right. never know for sure. Uh, nothing is given in this business. It's a high risk industry, high risk business, no doubt about it. But then on the upside, beyond that, you have a lot of blue sky too. That you could come up with more ounces than that. There's that. There's that possibibility, isn't there? And that's right. Yes, the the seven and a half million dollars is, you know, a large part of that is to test the exploration ideas that we have, mm-hmm. at least in the initial years. And uh, you know, once we identify the best targets, then some of that money will go into delineation drilling. Mm-hmm. We also have the option after if they do uh, exercise their option, we have an eighteen month window after they exercise their option where we can spend our own money and upgrade any resources to the indicated and measured category on our own and, and get paid for those at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a, that's a, a pretty nice little um, protection on our part. And right. Gives us the right. opportunity if we can add ounces. I mean, right now, so far, we've added ounces at about $4 an ounce. So if we can... Mm-hmm. Add additional ounces at something less than thirty, then then that makes economic sense. Right. Well, it's uh, it's certainly uh, you know it's certainly something that we'll want to be watching on an ongoing basis. I will be for sure for my subscribers as well as myself. Talk to us. Uh, we've we've got uh, a couple of minutes left here yet, Joe. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about uh, some other properties that you have. Uh, I guess in Nevada exclusively, or yes, or, or right, right around that area. No, yeah. all of our properties are in Nevada. We had one property that was in uh, Western Ontario. We've uh, spun that off to another group and taken shares and, and a bit of a royalty if it goes into production. We have 18 projects in all in Nevada, and that's about 50 square miles of some of the most prospective ground in you know in the world. Really, Nevada is such a great place to do exploration. There's still a lot of ounces being discovered every year, and large deposits as well. They tend to be a little bit more, uh, 
oh, I don't know, challenging to find at this point, but there still are some very, very good deposits being found. We have uh, one past-producing mine called the Keto Mine. It produced 175,000 ounces, roughly, at a grade of about six grams gold. So, you know, very high grade. It's uh, we, we've developed a very nice exploration target that we think could be be very exciting for the property. We also have another property that we uh, intend to drill in the next uh, few months. It's called Colorback, and it's just north of the pipeline deposit. So, you know, the, the Cortez District hosts now known something like 50 million ounces of gold. There's a discovery to the southeast that's significant that's going to be undoubtedly well over a million or 10 million ounces of gold. So it's a great camp, and we've got a nice land position there with a with a very good exploration target that we, we hope to be drilling here very soon. Well, it certainly do have uh, certainly do have a lot of things to look at, uh, Joe. And I, I think this is a very interesting story. One will no doubt want to talk to you about again in the future, and especially maybe after you come out with some drill results. I guess probably we won't be looking at anything uh, until uh, into the summer sometime. Probably. I mean, if you're going to drill in March, how soon might you have some results? Um, usually. Probably a minimum of thirty days before you start mm-hmm. seeing the results. Yeah, so so late spring, that's right. Uh, early Sometime summer, then May, perhaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, a very interesting. I mean, this is a time when you know people are down on this industry, but the smart money is going for uh, you know for value, mm-hmm. and it just seems to me you've got ounces in the ground for sure already, uh, and you've done a PEA. It's looking economic. Um, Unless the unless the roof caves in on the on the gold share mark on the, well I think it has caved in on the gold share market hasn't caved in on the on the metals but unless um, uh, unless the roof caves in it looks like uh, there's a lot of upside potential here for those that are able to buy when nobody else uh, seems to want to buy so thank you very much Joe for being with us uh, we do have to go to break now. Uh, folks, uh, don't go away. We've got Peter Schiff scheduled to come on. My engineer is telling me we don't have him just yet, uh, but we hope to have Peter with us uh, very shortly. So don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Attention mining investors. Brazil Resources Incorporated trading as BRIZF on the OTC and BRI on the TSXV is exploring and developing five gold projects in Brazil surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits. It's acquiring a nearly 700,000 ounce gold resource. BRI has top geologists earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold in Brazil led by recognized mining executive Admir Adnani, chairman. Check out Brazil Resources or call 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine, operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time on this radio show, at least as a live person, Peter Schiff. I, I'm emphasize that Peter's with me live today because we did play a speech that he gave at the Mises Circle event in New York several months ago. Uh, we played that on this show. Uh, and I did interview Peter in the past. I don't know if he remembers, but uh, several years ago for my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. Uh, but this is the first time, as I say, that we've had him uh, live on the show. Uh, you would have to be living under a rock not to know who Peter Schiff is, I suppose. Uh, and especially if you're interested in gold and silver, you've uh, you know Peter Schiff because he's one of the few people that gets on CNBC and some of the other major media. And you know those those of us who are hard money orientated, those of us who believe in free markets. Uh, we, you know, we, we take the mute button off and we start listening because otherwise we're just shutting the, the darn thing off because we can't stand to listen to the warmed over pablum that we get day after day. Uh, but it just, just, just in case some of you out there aren't familiar with Peter, uh, he is the CEO and chief global strategist for Euro Pacific Capital and, uh, that's an SEC registered investment advisor and a full service broker dealer firm. And he began his investment career as a financial consultant with Shearson Lehman Brothers and has a degree in finance and accounting from the University of Berkeley. Um, well, very widely known. He's always on television. And as I say, uh, one of the few people on CNBC that uh, caused me to take off, uh, you know, to, to turn the sound back on to my television set. So welcome, Peter. It's really good to have you on Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Sure. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, I want to talk to you about ec- the economic problems of our day to, to, a, to the extent that we have time, but I'd also like our listeners to know something about your firm. Uh, and, I, and I should tell our listeners that they can... Um, uh, can tune in or they can turn, they can learn more about your service at europac.net, I think is the website, right? Yeah, that's the website for the brokers from europac.net. Europac.net. And I'd also like to tell our listeners that if they go to J. Taylor Media, there is a banner that says Got Schiff. You click on Got Schiff and it will take you to that site as well and you could avail yourself to some of the free things that are there. There's a lot of good stuff on that website and uh, I think uh, there is a free newsletter, right Peter? Yeah, we've got, uh, actually I've got two. I've got the Global Investor and I have a, a newsletter that's related specifically to the gold market. So you can sign up for both of them. Although the gold one, I think you got to go to shiftgold.com and sign up over there for that one. Okay, well I would uh, highly recommend that people do that. Uh, you go to that website, and again, you can avail- you can get there by going to europac.net, or if you go to J. Taylor Media and click on the Got Schiff uh, banner, that will put you right through to that site as well. Uh, Peter, is your firm, uh, is it open to individuals? Do individuals have to have a certain uh, net worth, or, or do you expect, well, what is the story? Well, they don't have to have, there are account minimums. You know, I didn't used to have that, 
but because of security regulations that make it very expensive to have smaller accounts, uh, we do have minimums now. I believe it's 50000 to open up an account with a broker-dealer, although if you want to invest a small amount of money, you can invest as little as 2500 directly with my mutual fund company. If you go to the website, europacificfunds.com, I do manage seven mutual funds where my firm manages. Uh, I own the funds, and uh, you can invest directly. But if you want to work through one of the brokers at my brokerage firm, there you needed at least a $50,000 investment. And, again, that's only because of the securities regulations. They made it so expensive for the smaller accounts. I used to have no minimum at all, uh, but eventually kind of had to put one on to cover the compliance costs. Well, just, uh, yeah, thanks to government, thanks to regulations, uh, it, it gets, uh, I mean, this, this is just a, an excellent example, Peter, I think, of how additional government regulation hurts the little guy more than it helps. I mean, it's supposed to be there, uh, ostensibly, or at least uh, they pretend that it's there to help us poor, downtrodden, uh, ignorant people. And in fact, and the people that don't have much money, in fact, it ends up hurting people, the little people more than, uh, more than the people with more money. But let's say you have the 50,000 or you have quarter of a million or you're blessed with more than that and you where you I think your brokers trade on various firms around the world right I mean various exchanges around various the world exchanges. is that right right we buy stocks all around the world my my goal is to help people uh, get out of US dollars because the dollar is uh, being debased aggressively it's going to get worse right now foreign central banks are propping it up and that's so that's preventing the dollar from losing even more value but I think ultimately it's going to collapse and I think uh, a lot of wealth is going to disappear when that happens, and people who have made the mistake of saving and investing in dollars are going to wake up and find that they can't buy very much with the dollars that they've saved. So yeah, I think people have to get out while getting good. Well, it, it certainly seems like saving money uh, in dollars or maybe in almost any uh, any currency these days is sort of a, a difficult, if not wasted, proposition because, as David Stockman said uh, at the Mises Circle event that day, uh, he says, you know, Bernanke is destroying capitalism from the inside out. He's wiping out the savers. Somebody else uh, said on our show recently that something like 80% of the savings in America is held by people that are 55 years of age and older, and those people... You know, they're not working a lot of them. Most of them aren't working or they're being forced to work now longer because they can't uh, make ends meet. But there was once a time when you got a reasonable return by, uh, you know, holding treasuries. But these days you're, you're getting less than the inflation rate on your treasury market. So is it, is this by design to wipe out and discourage savings, Peter? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the treasuries are now return-free risk. And yeah, the, the, the Fed is trying to help the government repudiate its debts. Uh, without officially acknowledging that it can't pay. And so rather than default, they're going to inflate the debt. So that's what's going on. It is a, a calculated plan by the government. I think it's going to backfire. I don't think it's going to go off as smoothly as they're, as they're hoping. And, of course, also they're trying to prop up nominal asset prices. They're trying to maintain uh, real estate levels, real estate prices and stock prices at levels that are not substan- you know, supported by the fundamentals because we've got this phony economy that's based on inflated asset values and debt. And so the Fed can't allow reality to rear its head, so it's trying to wash everything away with inflation. 
Yeah, we've had some pretty good earnings, though, but it seems to me that uh, someone pointed out, I think I was just listening to Bloomberg over my lunch hour here, and somebody was talking about how so much of the earnings have come uh, not because of sales growth or top-line growth, but because of, of, of cost savings and uh, people being laid off and so forth. Is that your take? Yeah, a lot of it is because of the, the debt in the system. I mean, they're generating revenue based on a, a, a customer that's leveraged up, they're doing a lot of, you know, companies are doing a lot of share buybacks because they can borrow money for practically nothing. You know, the big companies can access mm-hmm. the bond markets and they can borrow money at a very little cost and then they can use it to buy back their shares. Uh, but they're not investing in, in productive plants and equipment. They're not making the country more productive. They're not creating good jobs. They're just helping to inflate their stock prices. Peter, just a couple more things about some of the products that your firm offers. I see that you have a product called a market-linked CD. What is what is that about? Well, we have a number of products that are CDs, meaning that they enjoy you know the uh, FDIC protection on the principal. But what we've done is we've found ways to take those CDs and structure the products so that you're linking the performance of the CD to either a basket of commodities, a basket of foreign currencies, uh, foreign stocks, so that if the dollar collapses, you get the upside uh, of uh, those commodities or those markets. Uh, but if the dollar is strong and those markets go down, uh, when the CD matures, worst case, you get your money back. You know, so uh, there are you know there it's a little bit more complicated than that. So any, anybody who's interested in getting information about exactly how these products work and what the risks are and the upside potential, they can talk to a broker at Europe Pacific Capital. Sure, I would uh, recommend they do that if uh, if they have the ability to, you know, the fifty thousand or so that's needed. Uh, Peter, also, you know, I think most of our listeners are gold or silver orientated, uh, precious metals orientated. You also have a gold certificate program, I believe. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, well, that's we do that through the Perth Mint program, where if you want to have gold stored offshore, we ha- it's stored for you. It's actually for free. There's no storage charges with the purse mint and off mint in Australia. So you own physical ownership of gold or gold and you just have it stored in a foreign jurisdiction, which I think makes a lot of sense. I think it's important to diversify, you know, not only, you know, your you know, where you have your gold, you know, the, the physical location of it. You want to keep some of it in the US, but you know, you should keep some of it abroad just So uh, so you're you're concerned about diversification. Are you concerned it happened mm-hmm. once in America? Uh, is it going to happen again? We had gold confiscated in the 1930s. Are you fearful of that happening again? Back then, Roosevelt wanted to devalue the dollar, and since the dollar was backed in gold, in order to do it, he had to confiscate the gold to pull up the devaluation. Uh, but now it is back it has value. They can run it off, you know, real chaos, uh, riding in the streets. The dollar has collapsed. The government can't even afford you know, pay the soldiers. I guess they won't work for paper, and the government needs. Yeah, uh, we were having some uh, problems. I'm hearing you now a little better, Peter, but I think we were breaking up a bit. So, in fact, you're saying that it could very well be a problem once again, and that uh, confiscation. So, the the idea is to diversify geographically, diversify your holdings of gold. You want to own some in the United States, but you might want to have some in various other places. And well, you have the Perth Mint program. Uh, that that's that's one possibility. I know that we have had James Turk on this show with gold money. That's another way. There's various ways people can do that. Um, let, let me ask you. Uh, well, let's let's just get into this economic situation. And we know a speech by Obama today, which I have a hard time 
listening to because I know what's going to come out of it. Uh, Mr. Obama, uh, Peter, is blaming people like you, wealthy people, uh, for our mess, the problems that we're having today. How do you respond to that? Let's well, I mean, well, let's you know, say, you know, not necessarily myself, but other, you know, um, but people who are in the United States who are uh, building businesses, hiring people, uh, providing services, creating products, they're not the problem. <laughs> they're the solution to the problem. The problem is big government, the government that is confiscating uh, too much of the productive uh, capacity of, of, of such a, of those individuals. And if wealthy people just paid more of their income to the government, that the country would be more prosperous. But that 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 that, that is absurd uh, to say that uh, transferring money. So so we're looking at uh, gold has been ex- extraordinarily weak here for a year and a half or so. What's going on with gold? Well, you know what I hear from uh, the traders is that uh, gold is no longer needed. That. The, the problems are over, that the economic crises have been solved, uh, the markets are hitting new highs, uh, Europe, the Europe situation uh, is, you know, is, is resolved, or at least for now. And so there's nothing to worry about, and so there's no reason why, to buy gold. You should sell your gold and buy, buy stocks, and so uh, maybe that's what some people are doing. But I think they're missing the, the larger picture. Even if you accept the, the false premise that you know, the economic crisis is over and that economies are, are getting better, uh, it's only happening because of inflation, because the central banks are printing too much money and keeping interest rates artificially low and doing quantitative easing. And all of that is the real reason for buying gold. I mean, if, if the governments were acting responsibly and allowing economies to restructure, allowing debt to be defaulted and allowing recessions to run their natural course, that would be a reason not to own gold. But since politicians are not doing that, since central bankers are making it so that politicians can continue to be as reckless and irresponsible as ever by monetizing all their debts, that's precisely the reason that you want to buy gold. So uh, I think that this is just a short-term uh, market aberration and that gold's going to head a lot higher. And I think the people that are selling their gold uh, based on this scenario are going to regret it and most likely be buying their gold back at much higher prices. Well, the mainstream, of course, that's that's uh, you. You were just uh, basically, re- you know, telling us what we what we're hearing all the time on uh, CNBC and 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 Bloomberg and the like, because that's what they believe. They believe that Mr. Bernanke's remedies are finally working, or that they're partially successful, and that they will just keep with it. But you know, they haven't been successful. You look at the economic results; have not at all been successful. Un- the, the the economy is remaining very very stagnant. Uh, unemployment is very very high. Um, why don't they? Why don't they get it, Peter? I know things have gotten a little bit better. I suppose the housing starts are up now, and you know things that people. But it's but from a bigger picture, why why is this so difficult for people to understand? Well, they they don't understand it, and of course, you know, housing starts improving. That's not a good thing. I mean, we have too many houses. Right. Uh, we don't need to build more houses. We need to do other things with our resources. But the fact that we're building more houses instead of building more factories, that's the mm. fault of this bad monetary policy. And, uh, you know, and, and, but the, the, the mainstream, the Wall Street establishment, they, they just don't understand. I mean, they, they didn't understand the problems 
uh, in 2005, 6, 7, when the housing bubble was inflating. That's why they were blindsided by, you know, the financial crisis, because they didn't understand the fundamentals. And that's why they don't understand why the fundamentals are actually getting worse now, uh, not better. Well, I should point out to our listeners that you were one uh, that did understand back in those days, and we're talking about it, and you're talking about it still, and but they don't get it, and I, I have to think maybe you have to follow the money. Who's benefiting from these kind of policies that we have now, Peter? Who, who's really? I mean, it doesn't seem as though. You know, for all of the talk on the left, they're 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 angry about this uh, the the one percent or the one to- one tenth of one percent, the top really rich people. But for all of these policies, all of these money printing policies, uh, I mean, the Lord knows the government hasn't stopped uh, its programs. If anything, it continues to grow programs, whether it's defense or domestic, whatever. And yet, it isn't working in terms of the average person. Obama talks today about his care and his concern for the average people, and he's not going to let those uh, fat cat Republicans try to, to, you know, to squeeze the middle class. He's going to protect the middle class, right? Well, that's, that's, that's his spiel. That's how he gets elected, uh, by promising to help other poor, but he you know, doesn't acknowledge the fact that the reason they're poor is because of his policies. I mean, uh, the the liberal policies are designed to perpetuate poverty, to keep poor people poor so that they'll continue to vote Democrat. They continue to vote for somebody who's going to promise to help them. Uh, but they're not going to help them. They're just going to keep them in need of help so they can use uh, that the, the, you know, the, the, the help as a way to secure their votes. So, yeah. you know, the policies aren't going to help them. I mean, look at oil prices. I mean, oil prices are rising. Gas prices are the highest they've ever been. Uh, the little guy is being hit by that. Uh, food prices are going up. Those prices are going up for the same reason that the stock market is going up, or the real estate market, because of the inflation that the Federal Reserve is creating. They're debasing our money. Some people benefit, uh, but the poor and the middle class suffer. I mean, Wall Street is having a heyday, uh, speculating with all this free money. Right. Uh, so that's who's benefiting. And, of course, the politicians benefit because they get to uh, deliver something for nothing. Or at least they get people to think they're getting something for nothing, but what they're getting is actually quite expensive. So Robin Hood economics, it's very easy to understand for people, Peter. You've done a great job and continue to do, along with other people like Ron Paul and Mark Skousen, who we're going to talk to uh, in a few minutes, people that have really helped uh, Americans, at least those that have their ears open, to listen why capitalism, why capital is so essential in creating wealth. But, you know, people, if they don't teach it in the schools, they don't teach free market economics in the schools. They teach Keynesian or communist economics in the schools. It's easy to understand, you know, hey, look, you just Robin Hood economics. You steal from the group that has it and you give to the people that don't. And if unless we get beyond that understanding of economics, I think we're in bad shape, Peter. And I, I, I we just my engineer tells me we only have one minute left. Um, sorry, we don't have more time. But I got to ask you uh, the dollar, Peter. Is there one because I think this is so crucial. Is there one level technically that would really tell you that the dollar is going to cave? Well, you know, right now you're having some weakness in the yen, also in the British pound, and so that's kind of masking some of the weakness in the dollar. So if you look at the broader dollar index, which is mainly a measure against the euro, right now that's trading still around 80.55. I think the dollar is going to break at some point, and I think uh, it's going to break down. I think a key level to look would be at around the 71 level on the U.S. dollar index. That was the low that the dollar traded at. 
uh, prior to the 2008 financial crisis. I think once we take out that low, it could be you know a huge uh, decline going forward for the dollar. Uh, but for now, the dollar is benefiting by the fact that there's problems in other countries too, and uh, the safe haven flows are are propping up the dollar, even though our problems are much bigger than the problems. Uh, that people are fleeing their currencies and, or, and yeah. seeking out safety in the dollar. So it's kind of ironic that we benefit from other people's problems, uh, but that's the short-term dynamic. But yeah. ultimately, and I think the dollar is going to cave because our problems are the biggest. We have the most debt, and we're the least able to service it. All right, Peter, unfortunately we are out of time. Uh, I want to talk to you again sometime if it's possible. Thank you very much. Uh, for being sure. with us today. Folks, don't go away. I'm going to be right back with Mark Skousen, Dr. Skousen, after the break, after the commercial break. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Eurasian Minerals is a prospect generation exploration and royalty company focused on the discovery of gold and copper. The company currently has over 140 properties on four continents. Our joint venture partners have committed to spend over $15 million on Eurasian Minerals projects in 2012. The company maintains a tight share structure, a low cash burn rate, and holds $43 million in cash, creating value through discovery, growth, and royalties. Eurasian Minerals. 